Hey there, sweet sister friend. Welcome back to the Shine with Brainy show. I am so glad you're here today, y'all. I'm coming from you somewhere different today. I'm sitting outside on a porch. So in case you hear cars driving by or birds chirping in the background, just know that is one of the things I love about podcasting is I could do it from anywhere. So we are diving in today to our week two of our August health challenge. Now, perhaps if you're listening to this at a different time, it's not August, please sit tight because there is still going to be some great wisdom to glean from Ruth chapter two. And that is where we are camping out this week as we continue in our August health challenge. So before we dive into Ruth two, we're going to start with a little bit of a a story to kind of set the backdrop for Ruth two. So in 2013, I was on a half marathon training run between my 30th and 40th birthday If y'all don't know this, I'm a goal-oriented person. And so I do not only like a monthly goal, uh, annual goal, you know, kind of like my little bucket list, if you will. And then I also do a decade goal. So when I enter a new decade. So anyways, between 30 and 40, I said, I'm going to run a half marathon every year. Now, y'all, if you know me, if you've seen me, I'm not a runner. But guess what? I run. So it's more like a walk, like a walk jog is what I call it. So here I am and I'm on this half marathon training run. And it was a Saturday morning and it was a 10 mile run. I remember everything I was wearing. It was so just definitive in my mind. I was wearing one of those little running skirts. It was a blue running skirt and a pink shirt. And so I'm out on this run, dripping sweat, Saturday morning, summertime, doing a, um, an October half marathon. And so it was there that I had a vision of Shine with Franny. And it was a really long vision because as I mentioned, it was a 10 mile run. So the vision just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was so multifaceted, like envision Oprah with, you know, not only her TV show, but then her network and then her uh, magazine and all the other parts and pieces that are part of really Oprah's mogul empire. So it took me quite a few years then from the time that I had that dream, I came home and I wrote it down and I was literally just like fast and furiously like describing everything that I could remember as much as I could remember. And of course it has now since evolved and morphed and whatnot, but it took me two years from 2013 until 2015 to take the leap and leave my full-time job in the world of academia, which is where I had spent my entire career to this point, nearly 20 years I was in the classroom from 1997 when I graduated until 2010, and then I had transitioned over to administration. So here I was in educational administration. So in February of 2015, we were um, given our contracts and we were supposed to have them back. And I decided instead of renewing my contract that I was going to go ahead and submit a resignation letter. And it left everyone guessing what I was going to do, including me. I was like, I don't know. I just have this dream in my heart and the Lord has given me this idea. And there were also some other things that were going on in terms of just, you know, at the school, there had been some changes and whatnot. And I was like, you know what? I'm at the highest pay scale I'm going to make here. And if I want to do something, like I was in my thirties, I'm like, I'm going to do it now. And so here I was, I had really (laughs) only known teaching All my degrees were in education. I had three degrees, including a master's degree in education. Yet I felt so strongly that this was the time to step out and follow this God-inspired vision and desire. And we know that Psalm 37, 4 tells us that God will give you the desires of your heart. All right, so there's that. I'm going to come back to that in another episode for sure. So sister, I will tell you (laughs) up front, 
I don't advise not having a full plan mapped out, especially if you're launching a business, like starting with a business plan. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you that it is an opportunity to grow in your faith and stretch your muscles of trust in God. That is for sure when you take a leap like this. So I will tell you the one thing that I did do correctly, however, was I used those two years really between the initial vision and then my career jump to meet with people that God had placed in my path. I was so blessed to have exposure to a number of influential and savvy and successful business people and professionals. And so I really took this as an opportunity to say, hey, you know, I have this idea for something and I would love to know if we can get together for coffee or if I can, you know, share my idea and get some insight or vision from you, you know, direction. People were super sweet and met with me, you know, quite often. So I shared my vision with nearly everyone that I could. (laughs) Now I learned later that like Joseph, you should be very careful who you share dreams with. (laughs) Thankfully, mine did not end the same way that Joseph's did. Mine did take a detour like his, but most of the people, I'm going to guess pretty much every person. There were only a handful of people when I shared my dream that didn't look at me and just nod their head and say, wow, okay. People questioned like, well, you don't have communications background or you don't have necessarily a writing background. You're not an author. I'm like, well, I'm an English teacher. And, you know, I really had this idea for having this talk show. And guess what, y'all? A podcast is kind of like a talk show, but in 2013, nobody really knew what that was. In 2015, podcasts were kind of just on the scene there. So kept on sharing my vision and was telling people about, you know, all the different facets of this and where I saw it going. And I was so proud to share it because I knew that it was God inspired. So here I am now, my contract ended June 30th. And so July to August, almost six weeks, I had vacation days, personal days and sick days that really gave me quite a bit of a a chunk of change that I was able to then kind of, you know, figure out what I was going to do and strategize at this point. Now I had been, let me just tell you, I had been doing some of the other stuff in between and I had some things that were lined up. And I was meeting with people and things were going in the right direction. And that was a huge give God praise. But right around August, it was the middle of August. It was, I think about August 10th. And it was right before my last paycheck was coming in. And I received a phone call saying that one of the families that I had met with a very successful businessman, that they wanted to meet with me. He and his wife wanted to meet with me. I mean, uber successful, y'all, like owned nine different businesses, was very successful, thriving at, at all of them, probably more a multimillionaire. And so they contacted me and they said, you know, we have this proposition for you. And I had known this family for several years. I had taught their daughter. And so they knew my character and I knew theirs as well. Um, And I had done some other projects with them and everything. And so they pretty much made me an amazing offer that I could not refuse at that point because it was, you know, it was going to be able to give me the revenue. And I shared with them, you know, look, I still want to pursue this dream. And they're like, no, you can continue to do that. So I actually became like their event coordinator and executive assistant really for their family. There were a number of projects that I was tending to on behalf of their family, as well as some of their businesses. So let me just tell you, sister, this was an incredible experience on a number of levels. Not only did I add some crazy skills to my resume, some of the things I do like that I did, you know, I was preparing, uh, I literally helped with a a movie set and the craft services. If you don't know what that is, that's like when you get all the food and everything for all the extras and the actors and all that, um, to planning literally 
a movie, <laughs> a movie review, submitting things for different film festivals. I mean, it was crazy town. Some of the things that I had the privilege of doing, planning really big parties. I had a $50,000 budget to plan a birthday party, which let me just tell you, it was a 007 birthday party. It was so much fun. I didn't even know what a McLaren was, but I was able to rent a McLaren, which is the car that James Bond uses in his movies. And we had that on showcase. Like that was super fun. Like I had no clue what I was doing, but somehow I pulled it all off. And I share that because that is part of the story for today. God's favor. God has given each and every one of us favor. Now, mine also came in the form of some amazing things like staying at Ritz Carlton Penthouse Suites <laughs> and literally having courtside season tickets to the Cavs and flying on private jets. And who knew that there was a special shopping room? at Saxeth Avenue where they serve you champagne, chocolate covered strawberries and shrimp cocktail. Yes, there is. That was a huge, like a hot moment for me. Like, Oh my gosh, this is how the other half lives. I had privilege of going back in there. Now I don't say that because that's how I live and that's how I roll. But let me just tell you, God gave me a little glimmer. Like Joseph, I was at the palace here. Let me just tell you. So what was most important about this though, sister, is that I met so many amazing people and built such solid personal as well as professional relationships that I'm still in touch with these people today. So many of the people that I connected with and worked with, you know, on various projects and literally my friends say to me, oh, I need somebody who can, I can be like, yeah, I know where I can rent you that kind of car. Like these are some of the crazy things that I have exposure and access to. Thank you, Jesus. So while it was a little detour in my dream of shine, it was all part of God's divine des- design to my destiny. I mean, for real. And I use this, I use these skills and I use this as an example. Like I said, sister, not to brag, certainly not to brag, but really just to show that here I was taking this leap of faith. Here I was just being Franny. Here I was just out there doing my thing. And God was like, you know what? I'm going to show you some favor. And that is the same as the story in Ruth. So as we continue here in our health challenge, we are in week two. This seems to be turning a little bit more of a Bible study, right? (laughs) Which by the way, I'm loving. And I hope that you are too. And I hope you're really diving into the word. But God's favor is definitely part of Ruth's story. And I share this background today because it was definitely a display of God's favor in my life. You know what I always tell my family? God's favor, it's like a wet sports bra. It is impossible to take off. (laughs) right? So sister, you know, in Ruth chapter two, and I would encourage you to open up your Bibles to that. We are introduced to the third main character here. We met Naomi who renamed herself Mara in chapter one. And then of course, Ruth. And then here we meet Boaz, who is a family member of Naomi, of Naomi's husband. And he is revealed here. And all three of these characters, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, have such a very definitive character sketch. And there's the English teacher in me where, you know, you would describe their character. What kind of person are they? What would be the words that you would use to describe them? So as the first part of our August challenge, I'm going to invite you to go into Ruth chapter two and read it and look and see the three different characters that are there and look to identify what is their character like? What kind of person are they? What are the characteristics that we would use to describe that person? if we knew them personally and see which of those characters you most identify with in this current season of your life. 
Is it Naomi? Is it Ruth? Is it Boaz? So I know that oftentimes it is difficult to put yourself in the shoes where you're like, well, I've been praying and waiting for my Boaz. Well, guess what? Ruth's character, especially in this chapter, you see her loyalty. You see her steadfastness. You see her hard work ethic. Giving you a little jump start to your, to your study there. But for the purpose of the component of this health challenge, we're going to do a 30,000 foot view overview of chapter two and really focus in on God's favor, not so much as their characteristics or the character qualities of each of those three main characters. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, the word favor, as we look in the Bible, we see that word being used all the way from the Old Testament, all the way to the New Testament. You know, of course, we have the stories of Moa, Noah and Moses. And then, of course, as we fast forward to Mary, I love how Mary tells the angel when he comes um, to tell her that she's going to have the Messiah. She says, how have I, you know, this poor little virgin girl, how have I received God's favor? And so simply put though, y'all, if we look at the biblical definition, favor is simply approval or acceptance and special blessings. And so we know that each and every one of us walks in grace. Each and every one of us walks in favor. Sometimes, however, we fail to see it. Sometimes we neglect it. Sometimes we're so focused and we have this tunnel vision on perhaps the things that aren't going well or the things that we don't have as we look at Sister Susie Christian and see what she does have. And we forget that God's favor is upon us. So as I was studying uh, Ruth 2 and I was learning, I, was, I thought it was interesting because, you know, in chapter 1, Naomi goes with her husband and then her two sons. They travel because there's a famine. But what's interesting when we meet Boaz is that Boaz actually was, was said to be, he remained in Bethlehem and he was said to be a man of great wealth, which as I was studying, it said that there was really no reason for them to have left Bethlehem and go to Moab because actually, while it was a famine in Bethlehem, they did not perish so much so that Boaz was able to acquire land and he had fields and fields where people could go and glean. So actually back then, that was actually the first government assistance program where the landlords and the owners of the fields would actually leave part of their land and part of their crop for um, people in the community who didn't have as much. So I just think that's such a beautiful way of just sharing the wealth really and just in such a God-given provision. So that was the first thing is that we see Boaz and the favor that he has. You know, he remained there. He was in Bethlehem. But we also know that had they not gone away, who knows what would have happened to the sons. Now, we, we don't know the sons, um, which one Ruth was married to. We'll kind of dive into that next. So Boaz now is introduced. He has major favor upon him. He's a very wealthy, single bachelor, you know, landlord here. So next we see God's favor upon Ruth. And so beginning in verse eight, I'm going to dive in there and actually read it from the Bible. I'm reading from the NIV. So Ruth two, verse eight. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Verse nine, watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And wherever, whenever, pardon me, you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water that the men have filled. So not only is he giving her, you know, actually crops and he's giving her, you know, food and provision, he's also giving her safety. He's also giving her, you know, water for her thirst. He's providing for her in such a way. He's giving her guidance, follow along after the girls. He's giving her direction. 
And so I just love that because he is just such a protector, such a provider. We see that as the rest of the story goes on, but specifically here in Ruth 2, 8 through 10, I love though too, Ruth's response. She is so humble and she says then in verse 10, at this, she bowed down and with her face to the ground, she exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you would notice me a foreigner? Remember, she was from Moab, so she was a Moabite. And here she is now in Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi. So she's like, why are you showing me such favor? Okay, that's the FF commentary. But I just love how though we can see that because of who she was and because of the character that she displayed, that Boaz took note of her. Tell me about this girl, he asks his men who are in the fields. So I love too that we can see that through Ruth's marriage, you know, from one of Naomi's sons, which we're introduced to both Malon and Kilion in verse, excuse me, in chapter one, it's not described um, in chapter one, which son married Ruth or which one married Orpah respectively. But we can see that she has a connection to Ruth as the kinsman redeemer. So if you look there in verse 20, she now comes home, Naomi comes home, pardon me, Ruth comes home to Naomi and she's asking her, so how was your day? You know, where did you end up working today? And Ruth just gives her all of this bounty of the food that she had collected. So much so because Boaz had actually given orders to his men earlier in verses, I think 13, 14, 15, that he says, you know what? If she gathers anything, don't embarrass her. Just let her have it. And in fact, give her extra stocks, give her extra from the bundles and just leave them for her. And don't say, don't say anything to her. So she comes home with this excess, with this extravagant amount. And Naomi's like, oh my gosh, where did you go today? Where were you that, you know, someone took notice of you? And I love this part too, because we know that Naomi had renamed herself Mara, which meant bitter. And here we are in verse 20. And she says, well, the Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living or the dead. She added that man, our close relative, he is one of our kinsmen redeemers. We see a countenance shift. We see Naomi switching from this embittered woman to a woman of renewed hope. And man alive, how that oftentimes happen, happens when we have favor shown upon us. That story that I shared in the beginning where, you know, I was given this opportunity, this amazing privilege and honor of serving with this family. When God provided the amazing extravagance, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, you are so good. I took this huge leap of faith and you provided in big ways, in mighty ways. And God was like, I got you, girl. And that's exactly what he said here to both Ruth and Naomi, because Ruth brought home provisions, which then of course benefited Naomi. And so I love that we can see the generational impact and just the way in which God's favor not only stays upon us, but it permeates and it it literally radiates through us when we receive it and we recognize it. Just like the humility of Ruth, she said, what have I done to deserve this? I was asking myself that question over and over again as I jumped on the beds in the Ritz-Carlton in LA. I was like, Lord, what have I done to deserve this? And I was given a spa credit to go and get a massage and a pedicure. I was like, what have I done to deserve this? Who am I, this little small town girl? Man alive, we have one red light in my town. And I was like, I'm sitting at the Ritz-Carlton penthouse suite, y'all. 
I was totally guessing that. And now, sister, please hear me out. I'm not saying that to, to brag. I'm not saying that to share, you know, oh my gosh, look at what, look at what the Lord has given me. Because I know that there have been so many times in my life where I've seen that with other people. And I'm like, why you? <laughs> and I've questioned and I've been so jealous and so embittered. Go back and listen to last week's episode if that's you, maybe girl. Okay. Cause I've been there too. So this week, sister, I want you to look at your own life and it might not be, you know, where God's provided this extra provision in terms of food or, you know, these crazy courtside seats, but God has given you favor and he has shown you favor. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in finding a $5 bill in your laundry. When you go and you pull out your pants pockets and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was there. Those little God wings, those little opportunities to see that God has shown up and he's shining in your life. Maybe it's a call from a friend. Maybe it is a promotion at work. Maybe it's a diagnosis that the doctor said, you know what? You are healed. You are cancer free. I don't know what that is for you, sweet sister friend, but this week I'm going to invite you to find favor for five. I want you to sit there and I want you to make a list of five ways. And maybe it's just one a day. Maybe you write out all five, but I want you to just to look and reflect back on your life. And perhaps it's a reflection of the past. Mine went so far back as to 2013, but let me just tell you, 2015, pardon me. Let me just tell you, I can tell you just times this week that God has shown me favor. So look at this perhaps current season of life that you're in and just thank God for the favor that he has shown you and continues to show you. And then just like Ruth, she came home and she shared her extravagance. She shared the favor that was bestowed under her. I want you to go and share and pay it forward. Pay your favor forward is the last part of this today, girl. Is I want you to think about the ways in which God has blessed you. And then I want you to go and find someone. Maybe you go all out and you say, I'm going to find five people. Okay. But I want you to at least find one person and I want you to sow into them, pour into them. It doesn't have to be something that's financial. It could be a phone call. It could be a text. It could be a, a card, something very simple, very sentimental, very heartfelt. But I want you to go ahead and share your goodness and what God has gifted to you and the approval and the acceptance and the special blessings that he has given to you. And I want you to pay that forward as an honor and an act of gratitude to God. And just like Boaz, who was blessing Ruth, and just like Ruth, who then in turn went and blessed Naomi, I want you to go ahead and see the way that your favor has the opportunity of blessing who knows how many people beyond. That's what I think is amazing. Because after all, we know that Jesus is part of Ruth and Boaz's lineage. Pretty amazing. So finally, sweet sister, as we know, we're continuing to walk out the journey of both Ruth and Naomi from Moab to Bethlehem, which was about 50 miles. So I want you to continue in walking. You can choose to walk a mile a day. It's a little over a mile a day because we have 50 miles in the month of August and there are not 50 days. Or you can do a couple miles in a couple days a week. You decide. But that is our final component of this health challenge this month. So the first one for chapter two is to read chapter two. The second one is to recognize where God's favor has been upon you in your life and then pay that forward and then the last one is to continue with your 50-mile journey of both Ruth and Naomi and walk it out. 
Sister friend, I pray that this blesses you. I pray that you are learning and gleaning wisdom from the book of Ruth. I pray that you're learning some fun little tidbits here and that you are then taking that information and doing something with it in your own respective spheres of influence. Because girl, you're made to shine. All right, until we meet next time, sweet sister, keep on shining.